this just can't happen if you want to be a playoff team in the Western Conference. You can't lose to the Detroit Pistons at home in the Western Conference. Like, that's just not going to cut it. The Kings have fallen out of the top six because they lost at home to a Detroit Pistons team without Cade Cunningham, without Boyan Bogdanovich. They traded Monte Morris and Kevin Knox, so they were without them. And you come in and you don't play with the right energy, the most predictable game of all time, and you fox around and you find out, because that's what De'Aaron did when you don't come in and, and play hard on every possession and actually, you know, you don't take a team seriously. That's what's going to happen. And the Kings have done that a lot this season. And I continuously, I'm just like, like every game that we come into against a team like the Pistons, especially at home, like we lost to the Hornets at home who were undermanned and we lost to the Trailblazers and we keep losing to these bad teams because the team just doesn't take them seriously. And it starts with De'Aaron Fox. He just doesn't come out locked in against these teams. Like he was better defensively in this game than offensively, but he, he just, you can't have 12 points in this type of game. Like, that's just, that can't happen. De'Aaron Fox and this Kings team as a whole has been playing these games against bad teams like they're a top seed. And they're not. They're not a top seed. And I don't think really any trade is going to change that. You know, we have the trade deadline tomorrow. So people will be like, let's make a trade. Like, obviously, we can get better through some trades. But it's a mentality thing. It's just a mentality thing. And it starts with De'Aaron Fox. When you look at Sabonis, that dude is playing hard on literally every possession. Like, he does not give up on any play. And he is going hard after everything on both ends. And it's just not the same with Fox. And I just think that trickles down to the rest of the team. You had a 5-2 and two road trip. Like, played so well. And you come home and you get a gift. You get a gif all wrapped up nicely, getting to play the Detroit Pistons as your first game back. Like, it's a tiring road trip. You get a comeback, and you get an, a free win if you just take it seriously. I don't care how many threes the Pistons hit, 17 out of 31. I don't care how many of those were contested, like a Mike Muscala step back or an Alec Burks draining a three in a guy's face. Like, you still shouldn't lose this game. And if the Kings end up in the play-in, and they end up losing in the play-in this season, it's going to be because of games like this. Like, this is a huge deal. This Hornets, Trailblazers, even had tight a tight game against the Spurs. We went to overtime against the Trailblazers another time. We're just always in tight games with these bad teams. And if another team decides to knock down a bunch of shots in the fourth quarter, then you're screwed. And the Kings, like, they made their big run in the third quarter after going down 15. They were leading by two at the end of the third quarter. So going into the fourth quarter, you have all the momentum in the world. Sabonis just hit a buzzer-beating three to take the lead for the first time in a while. And then what do the Kings do? They come out in the, first, in the, in the fourth quarter, and they just let Jaden Ivey go straight to the rim and there's just three straight possessions of wide open layup, wide open layup, wide open three. Just let the Pistons right back into the game. You had all the momentum. And this team, time after time after time, does not have the killer instinct. It's not about the talent. It's about the mentality for this team. 70 points in the first half for the Pistons. 63 in the second half. 
both halves just awful defensively. The Kings made their big run in the third quarter with De'Aaron Fox off the floor. And then Fox came back onto the floor in the fourth and the Pistons retook the lead. And it's like, it's not a coincidence. De'Aaron just, he couldn't get anything to go. He, and he wasn't getting to the rim as much as he should have. And then finally in in the fourth, it was too late, but he, he finally got to the rim easily and actually scored. But the offense was just so stagnant. Like 21 points is what they scored in the fourth quarter. They couldn't get anything in the half court at all. Fox was just missing everything inside. The offense wasn't moving. And the only way they were scoring was in transition. A massive problem with the Kings offense was just not attacking the paint enough. There were way too many early shot clock threes. And the Kings, I mean, they shot okay from three-point range in this game. But there were just way too many bad three-point attempts. And those bad three-point attempts, a lot of times, ended up in the Pistons running it right back the other way. The Detroit Pistons have zero rim protection. They're playing Jalen Duran at center for 37 minutes. And then they have Mike Muscala in there. Off the bench, it's Danilo Gallinari. That's their big guy off the bench. Like they have no rim protection, no defense inside. Duran is not a good defensive center. And when the Kings did attack, they usually scored pretty easily. When Monk would just take a screen, go downhill, the Pistons had zero idea how to defend that. Where Monk has been struggling recently has been teams taking away the pocket passes and then he's gone to the mid-ranger, which he's been pretty good at. But the Pistons, they couldn't take away either. Like the pocket pass was always there and Monk was always wide open from the mid-range. When Harrison Barnes would get in the post, he could get right to the rim. When Sabonis would get in the post and the Pistons would throw numbers at him, he could just find an open man so easily. Every possession that resulted in in a three-pointer before the Kings even tried attacking the paint was a horrible possession against this Pistons team. I thought the Kings were pretty bad offensively and they they still scored 120 points. I think this is one of those games where they should have been able to win it on either end. Like if they showed up on offense, it shouldn't have mattered how their defense played. Or if they showed up on defense, it shouldn't have really mattered how their offense played. Like you just have to show up on one end and you probably win this game, but they didn't show up on either end. Keegan Murray, 20 minutes, 0 for 4 from the field. And he had zero points and four fouls. There was a lot of questionable decisions from Mike Brown in this game. I'm not going to lie. Leaving Keegan out there with three fouls, baffling. He picked up his fourth foul in the second quarter. And then to not play Keegan down the stretch, I mean, it just, I I don't get it. I, I was so confused. They played Davion out there with Fox and Monk, Lyles, and Barnes kind of switched out, and then it was Sabonis. Like, that was the lineup down the stretch. I I mean, with the Pistons just scoring at will, I don't understand why Keegan wasn't in the game. Like, who cares if he's having an off game offensively, and he picked up a few fouls defensively. Like, he was still being a good defensive player despite his fouls. He was rebounding super well, got a steal, got a block, like, okay, he airballed a three. Like, who cares? Let him play through it. I It was just so weird to me that they didn't have him out there for defense. I just cannot explain him playing only 20 minutes and just, like, never coming in down the stretch. And then having Kevin Herter be the primary defender on Jaden Ivey for 
such large chunks of this game. I mean, there was like one possession where Herder held his own. And then the rest, he's just like pressing up on Ivy on the perimeter and then gets blown by. Like, why? You, you let Jaden Ivy, obviously he was shooting really well from three and five for seven from three. That's not normal for him. But to let him go off for 37 points while just throwing Kevin Herter at him the whole time, it's just baffling to me. Like Fox, as much as he was just awful and looked so passive offensively, like he was still getting after it defensively. He had defensive mistakes in the fourth quarter for sure. And there were some points where he was just like gambling for steals that he didn't need to go for. But he was still getting in the passing lanes. He was getting deflections. He had three steals. Like he was still playing with effort defensively. And so why isn't he the one guarding Jaden Ivey? Where I would even rather put Keegan Murray on Jaden Ivey. I don't know. It was just so weird to me. And just the way the Kings were defending some of the Pistons. Why are you trying to like run Asar Thompson off the three-point line? Why are you pressuring him so far up? It was those kind of mental decisions where it's just like the Kings just weren't locked in in this one. It definitely wasn't the exact same script as the game in Detroit because in Detroit, the Kings started off horribly, got down big early, and then came back. But I still feel like there were similarities, especially with the way they ended the second quarter. And then they obviously started the third quarter horribly. And that's kind of how they played at the start of the game uh, in Detroit. And then they go on this big run to erase it super quickly. But then don't have that killer instinct and let the Pistons actually be in the game in the fourth. It's just like the exact same thing in that sense. But the Kings did start the game well. They were knocking down their threes. Herter uh, hit two threes, and he was just very hot. I think the Kings as a whole hit their first four threes. They hit those, those first threes, and then they just started chucking from deep. And that's when things started, started going downhill. So Mike Brown uh, called the timeout because the Pistons were scoring off those misses. And out of the timeout, they run a play. Domas gets the ball inside to Barnes for an easy dunk. And from there... Uh, the Kings were going to the paint, like Monk getting to the paint and two straight times hitting Domas for easy looks inside. And so they came out of that timeout, obviously, with a focus on getting to the paint. But they just weren't able to maintain that focus for the entire game. And the bench was much better at getting to the paint than the starting unit. And, I mean, that has a, a lot to do with Malik Monk. And it just felt like even though it was a close game, the Kings were playing well enough in the first half. Like it wasn't perfect. The defense obviously wasn't great, but it felt like they were playing well enough where they could get a lead going into halftime and then they could come out with a little more focus, make some adjustments against what what's working for the Pistons and then kind of blow them out from there. Instead, obviously, they just collapsed at the end of the second quarter. Sabonis missed two straight free throws. Fox missed four straight free throws. Fox also uh, missed a dunk. Monk missed a layup. Keegan missed a dunk. That was in the third quarter. I mean, the Kings left so many points on the board. And you look at the Pistons, they went 22 for 22 from the free throw line. And the Kings went 15 for 22. I mean, that's a huge difference in this game. And then the Kings, like, effort and physicality just, just 
totally fell apart on defense. The Pistons took their first lead in this entire game with a minute and 40 seconds to go in the second quarter, and they ended up leading by seven points at halftime. When the Pistons started going on that run, I mean, the Kings just completely fell apart on both ends because they were taking quick, bad three-point shots, leaving points on the board, and then they weren't getting back on defense and they were not matching up correctly. And one big thing that I've noticed with this team is how bad this team is at defending the final seconds of a quarter. And it's always the Kings will go down, and a lot of times it'll be off free throws. In this game, it wasn't. It was just off a, a made basket, I think. Or maybe it was off a miss. doesn't really matter. But at the end of the second quarter, there was five seconds left for the Pistons, and the Kings just didn't get back on defense. They kind of just stood around past half court, like kind of pressuring the Pistons, allowing Jaden Ivey, I think it was, or I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Ivey. It doesn't really matter. He just went straight by Herder. So then the Kings have to double on the sideline, and then they find a... Uh, open Killian Hayes right at the top of the three-point arc the only place a pass really could have gone for an open three and I mean it was still kind of a tough three because the time was low but it was wide open and I mean that that just can't happen like there were two pistons maybe three up the the entire court and the Kings still let them get a, a really good shot for only having five seconds left and they've done that a lot throughout the entire season late in quarters and then you expect the Kings to be able to regroup at halftime and come out like, okay, the Pistons just went on a run. Now we got to answer. And they don't. They just have a continuation of that run. And that's the difference between how the Kings play against runs and how they play with the momentum. Like when they had the momentum going into the fourth quarter, they don't keep the momentum. But then when the Pistons have the momentum going into the second half, they keep that momentum. But either way, at the start of both the third and fourth quarters, in totally different scenarios, the Pistons got three wide-open looks, both times. And then just more of the Kings falling apart. Herder airballs a three. Keegan missed a dunk. Keegan airballed the wide-open three. Again, like I mentioned before, closing out hard to Asar Thompson on the perimeter, just not staying in front of a man on defense, like overthinking things I don't know letting a guy in a Sar Thompson go right to the rim because you're like contesting him out on the perimeter I just I don't get it there was also a moment where Sabonis I think he thought he got fouled on one end so he's the last one back running back on defense because he had fallen down and I've noticed this with him quite a bit like he doesn't close to the the three-point shooter because Barnes took Duran inside because Sabonis wasn't back. And Sabonis didn't close to whoever the shooter was on the wing. Instead, he's closing to the middle of the paint to try to help on Duran. And he does that a lot. And it resulted in wide open threes a lot. So he needs to close to the three-point shooter there. It's like, oh no, they have a mismatch inside. It's like, that's Barnes's problem and everyone else's, not not yours. You, you got to close to the open shooter there. Also, the Kings didn't have an offensive rebound in the first half again against a, a Pistons team that off the bench doesn't have a big man they ended with five on the game and offensive rebounding was a big part of how the Kings got back into the game in the third quarter like Herder did an amazing job Kevin Herder I mean he he was working real hard 
he is not the reason we lost this game. I can tell you that. I mean, he obviously got put in a bad position having to guard Jaden Ivey. Like, he did his best. I don't blame him for that. Like, he just shouldn't be put in that position. But he was such a big part of the the run. Him, Trey Lyles, and Sabonis, Malik Monk. Like, all those guys were just such a big part of the big run that the Kings went on. But Kevin Herter was fighting on the offensive glass. He was running hard. He was getting sprinting back on defense even though it didn't matter there's just one play where he just full-on sprinted to get back and, and get a contest off on I think a, a Marcus Sasser layup he was also getting in the passing lanes forced a turnover forced a bad pass one of his offensive rebounds he got it out to Trey Lyles for three that was a big big play and Trey Lyles continued to be hot from three five for ten from three 19 points and against his former team and was just super aggressive one thing about this game is it was not the bench's fault uh, Trey Lyles great Sasha came in for six minutes immediately gets fouled on a three he well he immediately picked up a foul then got a rebound then got fouled on a three-point shot made all three free throws so he was just involved in everything immediately didn't play I don't think he played in the second half uh, definitely didn't play a lot in this game as a whole and because they just needed quicker defenders out there uh, him and Lyles wasn't working against a, a young athletic Pistons team uh, at least in the starting lineup and no JaVale no no Alex Len uh, wanted to go smaller Davion I thought had a, a really good game again it sucks when there's moments so many moments throughout a game where you're just like mm, they scored because he's too small there or he had to foul there because he's too small like that's that sucks to watch but he was driving to the rim had really two really nice takes knocked down both of his free throws uh hit a three was creating for others and then you had Malik Monk who two for eight from three 10 for 21 from the field but he had 23 points and 10 assists also had two blocks and that wasn't even all his rim protection he had some really nice rim protection moments that didn't result in blocks but he was just absolutely dicing up the Pistons defense in the pick and roll. So that was fun to see because I feel like we haven't seen one of those games where he just dominates in the pick and roll uh, like he did in this one for a while. So it definitely wasn't uh, wasn't those guys' fault that we lost. Last game, I talked about how I thought Fox's playmaking had kind of dropped off recently. And this one, he came out and he definitely... He seemed like he was trying to get into the lane and then kick out. And he had seven assists to show for it. Like, I could tell immediately he was definitely focused on getting into the lane and then kicking out. But maybe a little too much. Like, he wasn't actually getting to the rim for himself at all. And then just the free throws with him. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Like, this season has just been so bad. Harrison Barnes couldn't uh, hit a three. They went to him in the post a lot when he had Killian Hayes on him. And that worked pretty well but like I felt like they just went to it a little too much where it kind of stalled the offense a bit and then Barnes was not good defensively at all not good getting around screens or rotating out to shooters he was a big part of a lot of guys getting wide open and then I already talked about Kevin Herter but he had some nice um, cuts especially in transition like the Kings got a lot of their offense in transition especially when they were making their big run and they were trying to push it in the fourth as well and that worked really well, but then they just couldn't score at all in the half court. And then you had Sabonis, uh, 
30 points, 7 assists, 12 rebounds, 0 turnovers, hit the big corner 3 at the buzzer at the end of the third quarter, which was really hype, and would be like a, a really cool moment if the Kings had actually won this game. He had to play 41 minutes, and the Kings still lost. You know, it kind of feels like lately we've gone back to rookie Keegan Murray. Not necessarily the way that he's individually performing, but in the way that the team is involving him. Like him getting pulled because he just didn't hit a few shots and was in foul trouble. Like, Where did the trust go in him for him to, to get pulled like that? He's not getting involved as much in the offense, which I think is a, a problem. Like, I get Barnes as being more involved, but you have to find ways to get Keegan involved still. And he made good defensive plays. He took a charge on Ivy in transition, which is really tough to do. Like, in the open floor, took a charge. And like I said, still had really good defensive moments despite his foul trouble. And I feel like he just really could have helped down the stretch because the Pistons, I mean, they were, they're loose with the ball. There were plenty of times where they were, the ball was getting knocked away, didn't always result in turnovers, but like the ball would get knocked away. And Keegan can be a big part of that and take advantage of that. And so it's no wonder you get killed defensively when you take out your best wing defender and only play him 20 minutes and you don't have anyone who's going to come in and replace that. I mean, that's just, that's just so extremely odd to me. I just think Mike Brown got this game wrong in a lot of ways. He had a successful challenge in the first quarter, but I mean, why are you challenging that? I, I don't really understand. Like, sure, you won it, but now you have to be even more careful about when you use your challenge because you could lose a timeout. And what if you lose that challenge because the refs are just being dumb? Like, you don't want to lose it in the first quarter. So again, it was successful, but I still don't really understand why he used it. Again, the King is just, if they want to be a playoff team, you can't. You can't lose this type of game. And you can't play in as many close games as they do against bad teams. Like, that's something that the Celtics can do. And the Nuggets can do. That's not something the Kings can do. It's just so disappointing. I mean, I did predict after last game in Cleveland that the Kings would lose this game and then win against Denver. And so far, we're on track. But it's just it just sucks that it's so predictable. And I'm just waiting for the Kings to take one of these games seriously and just blow the other team out. And it's just not happening. For some reason, they're just better on the road than they are at home. The trade deadline's tomorrow. So we'll see if a, a move is made. I'm guessing some move will be made. Probably not a big one. I want, you know, give me Royce O'Neal. Give me some wing defender. But I'll definitely make a, a video tomorrow for wh whether the Kings make a move or not. Like, it doesn't matter. I, I'll be talking about it. Because if the Kings don't make a move, then that's still something to talk about. But then on, on Friday, it is Denver. And... I mean, it's a it's a tough schedule still coming up, and it's very road heavy. Uh, which normally I'd be like, oh no, it's road heavy. But honestly, the Kings just don't play well in front of the Golden One crowd. Like, I don't know what it is. I mean, the crowd was ready to go from the jump against a team with six wins, and you still can't come out and and play with enough focus to to beat a team like that at home. I just don't get it. If this was a one-off thing, then sure. But it's not. The Kings have 
played pretty poorly at home going back to last season. Anyways, that is it for this episode of the Royal Report. I will be back tomorrow to talk about the trade deadline, so I will see you guys then. Peace.